I'm Kutu Nair of Shabbos, everybody. Welcome to this week's learning. Today is the Sarabateve's Parshas Vayigash. I just have to say that when someone's passionate about something, they stay awake thinking about it, they get up early to do it, they, they get busy with it at crazy times, and that is how I feel we are doing about the Sikha right now. It is Arab Shabbos. This is a little nuts, but when you're passionate about something and when you know that you have hundreds of women passionate about learning every week, you make it work. So, Mr. Shapiro, thank you so much for being nuts with me, and uh, let's learn. Oh, I'd like to give some tzedakah. What? I said you're fun to be nuts with. <laughs> well, let's give some tzedakah and have Mashiach in mind. We should be crazy enough that we should uh, flip the world over and bring Mashiach. Yedayla tzedakah shemagrevet es ha-ge'ula. And Mashiach, let's do it. Okay, thank you. So today's a Sarabateve, Parshas Vayigash. And it's a crazy gullus. That's why we got to do crazy things, right? We have to have a crazy, yeah. crazy ge'ula. So we're going to talk about Asar Batavius and about the Parsha. I'm going to try to make it real short so people have a chance to listen to this um, before Shabbos. And um, the Rebbe is going to connect in Chelek Tesvav on page 412, the Parsha Tesar Batavius, together with a super powerful message of what do we do with this day, and more importantly, how do we get rid of this day. So Asar Batavius always comes together with Parsha Svayigash. And like all important days, there always has to be a connection between the day and the Parsha. And if we're talking about Asar Batavis, we're not just going to talk about the original reason why Asar Batavis got started, but we're going to talk about the tachlis, the purpose of what Asar Batavis is supposed to be. And that, of course, is the way Asar Batavis is going to be when Mashiach comes. So we're going to try to figure out how does the Parsha connect to the Geula, because that's really what Asar Batavis is about. And in this week's Parsha, we have the famous um, encounter between Yasef and Yehuda. And in the Haftarah, we learn that when Mashiach will come, there's going to be a final, um, I guess, end to the story of Yosef and Yehuda, where finally Yosef and Yehuda, which unfortunately turned into the big split of the Jewish people, with the two kingdoms of Machos Beis Yisrael and Machos Beis Yehuda, are going to eventually be completely united. When Mashiach comes, the Haftarah describes, and then the Haftarah goes on to emphasize, and although they will totally be unified with each other, Yehuda with David HaMelech coming from Yehuda, Melech HaMashiach coming from Yehuda, will be the ultimate. In other words, Yosef will be unified under the influence of Yehuda. Yosef and Yehuda will become one with each other, with Yehuda's qualities being the ultimate type of quality. So we're going to have to try to understand what does that have to do with the Sarabateves, and more importantly, with the Sarabateves as it's going to be when Mashiach comes. For that, we're going to take a look at Halacha and Rambam. And we'll actually read that halacha inside. So take a look at Eiskimo on page 413. The Rambam describes la halacha, something about these fast days. Um, bottom of the first column, literally the last line of the first column, page 413. Vizel these are the words of the Rambam. Kol se'elu, all of these fasts, referring to the four fast days that are associated with the Chorban, asidim Mashiach, are going to be nullified when Mashiach comes. Not only are they going to be nullified when Mashiach comes, but the Ram continues, They are going to be a yantif. And in more detail, These are going to be days of rejoicing and happiness. And then the Ram quotes a pasuk from Zechariah, like it says, which is Shavasa which is Tishabav. V'tayim ha'chvi'i, which is Tzayim G'dalia, V'tayim ha'asiri, which is Asara B'teves, Yiyiyah le'beis Yehuda will be for beis Yehuda, L'sasayin u'lesimcha 
So the Rabbam brings this Pasuk from Zechariah to prove this idea that these four days are going to become Yom Tevim and then concludes the Pasuk and um, truth and justice will be beloved. Okay, so the Rebbe goes on now to ask many, many questions analyzing this piece of Rambam. But bottom line, what we do see her happening in this piece of Rambam is that the fast days are going to be nullified, and yet there's an emphasis specifically on Beis Yehuda in the Pasuk that the Rambam brings, because there's going to be some sort of like extra special quality specifically about Beis Yehuda. We also see that the Rambam doesn't just satisfy himself with saying that there no longer will be fast days. He adds to that and says, not only will there not be fast days, but those fast days are going to turn into Yom Tevim. So there has to be something like additional about the fact that these fast days are going to be turned into Yom Tevim, and of course the connection to Yehuda, which the Rambam emphasizes in the Pasuk that he brings over here. Um, another thing we know is that the Rambam is halachic. So if he brings a fact about a fast day, it's not just like 515 fascinating facts about fast days. No, if he brings it halacha, it's because there is a halachic message here that we have to know in terms of how you conduct yourself on a fast day because of this particular halacha. So what's the halachic message that we're learning from the fact that these fast days are going to be transformed, are going to be nullified, not just nullified, but transformed, and that specifically has to do with Beis Yehuda. So to appreciate that, let's take a look at what is the real purpose of a fast day, and then from there, we'll be able to understand a little bit deeper what's this whole Indian of the fast days, you know, being taken away. So we can almost say that there's all like three levels of the fast days being removed when Mashiach comes. Level number one is the most basic. We're no longer going to fast. Level number two, because we're no longer going to fast, that brings out a response of rejoicing, like, yay, we're no longer going to fast whatever was the source of pain or tzara that caused us to have to fast goes away. As soon as that tzara goes away, we have this like, wow, amazing, excited response to that. So again, level one, no more fast days. Level two, response of joy to the fact that there's no more fast day. And then we have level three. Level three is even greater than that. And that's the expression that's used in the Pasuk that the Rambam quotes, which is that these days are going to be like become Yom Tevin. There's going to be like something like extra super special about them. And what that means is that the fast day itself, not just that the fast day gets nullified, but that the fast day itself turns into, becomes actual like difficulty of the fast day, turns into a day of rejoicing. And this is a very famous part that we know about the Geula, that it's not just that the Gullus gets removed when the Geula shows up, but that all the horrible, terrible, sad things of Gullus become transformed into the joy of Geula, to the extent that we're going to be able to look back at the Gullus and say, Thank you, Hashem, for that sick, crazy, horrible Gullus, because every single part of it now is the amazing, incredible, over-the-top Geula that we have. And again, it's not something that we can um, you know, see during Gullus or have any inkling of the joy of it during Gullus, but we know with our Amuna that this is what's going to happen, that we will say at that time, Eid Hashem be. What does it have to do with the way that we practically conduct ourselves on fast day? So in Isaiah, the Bible points out as follows on page 415. Tainus is The whole purpose of fasting is not just that you should not eat today. The purpose of the fast day is to be part of the process of tshuva. So when it comes to tshuva, we have three levels. Level one, First level is if a person does a full proper tshuva at a love for Hashem, 
then his, his sin is no longer in existence. It's nullified. Just like that fast day gets nullified, right? The sin gets nullified. Then you have level number two. So the second thing that will happen is that the person is going to now add in the positive things that he does. So kind of like in response to the fact that he did this sin and now he's fixing it, he's going to add an extra mitzvah as a result of part of this process of fixing the sin. So that would be corresponding to that second level that we described, and in response to the fact that the um, sins, are, that the I'm sorry, that the fast days are now bustled, there's going to be this like outburst of joy and rejoicing um, on a fast day. And then comes the ultimate. The ultimate is that Durch Chuvameava is Nasus It's top of the next column. The sins themselves become the schusim. And what would that correspond to? The sadness of the fast day, that itself is what becomes the tremendous rejoicing of the Geula. So what we see over here is that the Rambam, by bringing us this whole idea of what's going to happen when Mashiach comes, that these days are going to be turned into Yom Tevim, he's not just telling us an interesting fact about fast days. He's pointing out to us what you're supposed to do on a fast day. What are you supposed to do on a fast day? You're supposed to conduct yourself to the level of tshuva that's equal to transforming the sin into a schos, because that's really what the fast day is about. The fast day is transforming the day of the fast day into a yam taibim. And so the Rambam does not suffice by just saying these days are going to become batol, because it's not enough for our tshuva just to nullify our sins. He says more than that. Not only is it going to become batol, but they will be transformed into happy days. They'll be transformed. The actual sadness will be transformed into days of rejoicing. And with that, the Rambam is telling you what kind of tshuva we do on a sarabateves. What kind of tshuva do on, on any fast day? What kind of tshuva do we do on these fast days? We transform the avera into tzchus. The real tshuva me'ava, the negative experience, becomes our ultimate joy, becomes our ultimate high, becomes the ultimate place of our connection, our relationship with the Abishtar. So now this is going to help us understand the connection to Yehuda. What's the emphasis here of Yehuda? What's the mile of Yehuda? That the Rambam emphasizes him in the Pasuk, and the Parsha emphasizes that, um, the Haftira really emphasizes that it, ultimately Yehuda is the one who carries like the greater weight, and it's through his influence that Yosef is impacted as well, and Yosef becomes unified together with him. What's the mile of Yehuda specifically? So one of the things that we know is that if we compare what happened to Yehuda to what happened to the rest of the Shvatim, Yehuda is the one who ended up going into the whole terrible, terrible Gullus that we think of when we talk about Gullus. In other words, the other ten Shvatim ended up on the other side of Sambatyan, and they never went through the horror of what we call Gullus. All of the terrible experiences that you didn't have gone through in Gullus. I don't have to start, you know, enumerating them. We all know how sick the Gullus can be. That was not the experience of the Sarasa Shvatim. They're just waiting patiently on the other side of the Sambatyan. Yehuda goes through the horrific pain of the Gullus. And so because he goes through the horrific pain of the Gullus, that's why he's the one who can transform that horror of the Gullus into the Gula. In other words, the greatness of Gula, the, um, as I said before, the craziness, right, the, the stream of how amazing the Gula is going to be comes off of the horror of the Gullus. Which one of the Shvatim experienced the horror of the Gullus? That's Yehuda because really only Yehuda was the one who was left to be taken into the Gullus that we experience today. 
So that's the emphasis specifically on Beis Yehuda. These days are going to be transformed into Yom Taivim because of the experience of Beis Yehuda, because they went through, they go through the, the horrors of Gullus, and through going through the horrors of Gullus, that's how, that's what itself is going to end up transforming into the greatness of Geula. Now, what is the um, Maila, specifically of Yehuda's Avaida? What does Yehuda do? What does Yehuda represent on a level of Avedis Hashem over Yasef that enables him to go into the Gullus, go through the horrors of the Gullus, and specifically through the horrors of the Gullus, transform the actual horrors themselves into the joy, into the crazy joy of the Geula. The inex- uh, un- you know, just like we have like an unexplainable Gullus, we have like uh, you know unfathomable Geula. So what is Yehuda's Maila? So for here, Deva brings a very famous discussion that goes on in Chassidus and numerous different places. What's the whole Indian of Yehuda? So let's compare Yasef to Yehuda. Take a look on page 419, <coughs> second column. Yasef and Yehuda and Darkas Havaida. What's the difference? What is the difference between Yasef and Yehuda when it comes to Havaida? Yasef is in Yanei Tamud. Gili elokosmo Maida lamata. In Yanisha Yehuda is Maisa Biro Vizicha Hamata. Yasef's Indian is represented in the idea of learning, that a person is able to bring Elokus from above and shine it down into a situation below. So, how does Yasef relate to the Gullus? How does Yasef relate to the Mata? He's in this higher place of Taira, this higher place of learning, and from that higher place of learning, he shines down into the Mata. Now, that would be like the Aved of the Tzaddik, right? That's what we call Yasef, Yasef HaTzaddik. The Aved of the Tzaddik is that through his greatness, through his holiness, through his shining light, he shines down into the darkness and he lights up the darkness. But if you could imagine that we have this very, very thick, thick layer of darkness. So when the light shines from above down to below, the only part of the darkness that gets lit up is the like top layer, so to speak. In other words, only that part that sort of has exposure to the light is going to get lit up by the light. But the lower layers, the parts that are, have no relationship whatsoever to light, they're not going to get lit up by a light that's shining from above. So that is the idea of Yasef. When a person is sort of like above what's happening and shining down to below, as great as that is and as important as that is, and of course that's always our starting point, you have to you know, um, get your infusion through your learning of Tyra. That's how a person is able to then shine down into the Gullus and impact the Gullus. But it's not going to thoroughly change the Gullus. What's the way of Yehuda? The way of Yehuda is, in Yanisha Yehuda is, Maise, Biru Vizicha Hamata. Go all the way down into the Mata. Work through the Mata. Go through all those layers of darkness. And within those layers of darkness, strip off their shells and show how they themselves have light within them. And that's the only way to fully, thoroughly turn the Gullus into Geula. And how does Yehuda do this? Not because he understands it, not because he gets it. It's not about learning Tyra. It's about Maisa Papayel. He does the things that he has to get done. Yehuda represents that Haida'a, that Ibergegeben Kai to the Eivish Der, I have bittled to what Hashem tells me to do. I'm not super special because of it. I, I didn't, you know, develop into a great learned man necessarily, but I'm doing the things that I have to get done. And by doing the things I have to get done and acknowledging Yehuda's Melash and Haida'a, acknowledgement of the Eivish Der. I acknowledge that the Eivish Der is the one who runs the world. He's my boss. I follow his directives. And by doing that approach, Yehuda goes into the Gullus itself, all through the layers of the darkness, and from there builds out of that this incredible, amazing, beautiful Geula.
So let's bring that back to now to Asarabateves. Asarabateves is a unique one of the fast days to the extent that we say that in a certain sense, Asarabateves is considered the most severe of the four fast days. Why? If Asarabateves would come out on Shabbos, we would actually end up fasting on Shabbos. We would not push off the fast because it's such a um, severe time. It's actually the start of all of the other experiences of the Chorban. And because of that, we would even fast if it came out on Shabbos. And we have like a little bit of a taste on that from this year's Kfias, where we go into Shabbos still fasting, which is so unusual to, you know, have that go on. And um, the question is, like, what's this whole Indian in a, in a level? So what we know is that we have one other fast day that's like this, and that's Yom Kippur. And what's interesting is that both of them are a siri. Both of them are the 10th day of the month. So they have a lot of correlations to each other. Yom Kippur as well, if it comes out on Shabbos, we don't push it off. What's the reason why we don't push it off? Because Yom Kippur is such a holy, special day of connection to Hashem that what we accomplish through not eating on Yom Kippur is greater than what we would accomplish with eating on Shabbos. So when a person connects to the Abishar on Shabbos, he makes a big, beautiful Shabbos meal, and he eats on Shabbos, and it expresses a, expresses a very deep relationship with the Abishar. How do we push that away when Yom Kippur comes out on Shabbos? Because the accomplishment of the connection to the Abishar through not eating on Yom Kippur is even greater than what we can accomplish through eating on Shabbos. The same thing is true when it comes to Asar Bateves. Asar Bateves is that horror of Gullus, right? That deepest part of Gullus. It's the source of where the entire Chorban comes from. And so if a person can get into that Gullus and strip it all down, right, like Yehuda, and really, really work it through, which is what we're doing with our tshuva on Asar Bateves, and we are not eating on this day, right, out of an expression of that tshuva, then we're actually going to come to a level that's even higher than the, you know, eating and celebrating of Shabbos. And um, this is actually symbolized. We have an idea that at some point, you, you, the whole world is going to come to a place where we're not com- we'll, we'll be so like refined and so connected to Hashem, so one with Hashem, that we won't even need to eat anymore. We'll almost be like, you know, Maisha unified with the Abishar, like the way he was on Har Sinai. So the fast day is not just a way of afflicting yourself. It's an expression of such oneness with Hashem that we don't need to eat on this day. And one of the ways that that symbolizes is that if a Sarbatavis would come out on Shabbos, it would be daicha, it would push away the eating of Shabbos because it would hit a level that's even higher than the eating of Shabbos. So what's our takeaway from all of this? I want to cut us a little short here. In short, we have a horrific gullus. We know that the gullus is horrible. That's what the whole idea of a Sarbatavis is. When we see that horrible gullus, instead of being despairing and saying, oh, what's going to be, we have to know that every bit of the horror of gullus is the flip side of the incredible, incredible, unexplainable, unfathomable joy of Geula. How are we going to tap into it? We're going to tap into it through the Kayach of Yehuda. What's the Kayach of Yehuda? Maisa Papayo. You got to do what you got to do. You got to take the next step in front of you and do what the Apishter wants you to do. Have that Haida, have that acknowledgement that the Apishter is the one who's running the world, and have that thankfulness deep inside of us that we know that there's going to come a time when we believe that we will say, Ait Hashem be. May it happen today. We should burst into joy, burst into an incredible, incredible yantif, and go into Shabbos with the, uh, you know, absolute menucha of Yaim Shekulei Shabbos with the coming of Mashiach today, right now. Amen, amen. Thank you so much for doing that with us today. I'll get it out as fast as I can. Thank you. And have a good Shabbos. Have a good Shabbos.